Welcome to the... Poker Room. Where everybody dies in the end. Johnny. I've been manning the front door to uh, Lucy's nail salon for, well, technically a back door for uh, uh, a while now. It's, it's, it's good work. You know, it's all cash, some of the tables, so I don't have to pay taxes on it, which is really nice. And honestly, it's, it's usually pretty quiet. You know, people come in, they walk to the back room, I pat them down for any weapons, and they just enter the, the, the poker room. Um, you know, some pretty high end clientele they have their own security so it's pretty easy on me i just make sure that you know nobody walks in with any weapons and that's pretty much the end of my job usually um today however we had um a almost honestly an infamous figure in the underground poker tournament scene um we had jingo the django he's uh oh uh, you know, known to be a short-tempered, a very, very short-tempered man, but he spends a lot of money. And my boss, really, Mr. Franklin, really wanted me to, you know, be courteous and kind of bend the rules for him. You know, he doesn't want to be patted down, so I'm not allowed to pat him down, which, you know, makes my job a little more. I got to be on more, more my toes tonight. And so, uh, you know, I'm See his limousine pull up, and uh, I brace myself. Mario! When Django asked me to be his limo driver and personal security guard, I was honored. I had been an admirer of his for years, both his ruthlessness, his business acumen, and the way he dressed, all of them made him Quite the figure in Providence, Rhode Island. Everyone knew him. Everyone knew everything about him. And I always wanted to be in his company, to earn his respect. And I'd been driving for his family for a while, and one day I got the call. He said, he said, Mario, I don't want you driving my kids anymore. I thought something had gone wrong. I was nervous. I was like, hey, I've been a good driver for your kids. I always make sure to have at least five kids' bop CDs in their car. Lots of entertainment, snacks, goodies. Everyone's been in their car seats. And he goes, yes. Mario, your attention to detail is what I like so much. That's why I want you to be my personal driver. That's why I also want you to escort me to the poker room tonight. Oh boy, were things exciting. My first time going to the poker room, I had only heard things. I had a cousin who once lost his, his corneas to Django. He had to give him to an organ donor after losing a poker game. This guy meant serious business, so I was excited to watch him work on the tables. We pulled up in the back of Lucy's nail salon, and, and there wasn't a lot of parking. There were three spots, and the limo barely fit, and the one furthest from the door Django likes being closest to the door, but I had to park in the spot furthest from the door. So I parked, he walked in, and he activated his radio signal. He was able to talk to me through a series of beeps and a code, and I was supposed to relay back to him information. 
The first thing he asked me to do was pull out a binder that he kept in his glove box. This binder, it contained a lot of very complex poker strategies. He said that all the big boys were going to be there tonight. Double Down Dan. Count Chipula. Harris. He just was named Harris. He didn't have a cool nickname. But he said all the best were there and that I needed to help him win. He would routinely text me things and through the code and I had to respond. Boy, that was a big binder. Isaac Dumont. As an heir to a great oil fortune, I find myself occasionally in a back room back alley poker game. I only deal with the best of the best. So when I walked into Lucille's and I noticed the long limousines and the fancy rides out front, I knew I was in for some type of wild night. And I saw Harris, top gambler in the west of the Mississippi, I saw Double Down Dan drinking his classic whiskey and coke. Count Chipula, the mad bastard. And of course, Jingo the Django, my arch nemesis. We had faced multiple times across the East Atlantic areas, mostly Providence and other parts of Rhode Island, his home state. Now I was patted down as I entered the broom but they did not catch my Colt 45, which I hold near my genitalia. A lot of people don't know, but that is actually a gun down there. I took my seat next to Jingo, the prime spot if you ask me. Double down Dan sent down, followed by Count Chipula and Harris. It was then I knew someone was gonna die that night. Mario! Based on the messages I was receiving from my boss, Django, there were all sorts of things happening in the game right away. Now, I was struggling to learn his secret strategies. He let me know that there was 200,000 in the pot and he had a 2-5 offsuit based on the strategy he had in his binder. It said to re-raise. I was confused, because I don't know much about poker, but a 2-5 off suit, without even seeing the river, that's a bold thing to do. But I texted him back what I should have messaged, what he wanted me to say, re-raise. Then I learned, when the next card's coming out, were an ace, a three, and a four. He had a straight. Django knew how to play cards. I don't know why he kept consulting me. I mean, he clearly had an eye or something. Or maybe he just had luck on his hands. Over time, I kind of settled into a rhythm. I started figuring out the binder, but soon I started getting bizarre messages. Things are weren't adding up, things that weren't in the strategy in there. I I worried that there was some sort of miscommunication from the device. Maybe the device was broken. I said, is everything okay to my boss? 
I got no response. I got nervous. I got to the security guard. Some schmuck. He was wearing a name tag, which I thought was pretty dumb for an illegal operation. So I don't know if it was his real name or maybe he was just wearing a mechanic style shirt. But he had Johnny written in a, in a patch on his breast pocket. And I said, Johnny, I need to go inside and check on something. I need to deliver a, a birthday card to my boss, Django. It was a poor excuse, but Johnny bought it. I walk in. I see the table. It looks as though Harris had thrown up in the corner. There was three bricks of gold bouillon on the table. And I could tell that one of the waitresses, she had spilled. She had spilled a drink right on, right on Mr. Django's pocket, right where the, the code book or the code transmitter was, right where the code transmitter was. So there was no way for him to communicate with me. I made a look with him and using blinking signals, tried to mimic what code we had been able to do with the device. And he asked me to sit across the table and based on what I could remember from the book, Tell him how to gamble. Oh boy. Stakes are a lot harder when you're in a gambling room and not making sure that the frozen DVD doesn't skip as you're driving to and from soccer practice. This is the real deal. Isaac Dumont. After the waitress successfully spilled her drink on Django's listening device like I commanded her. I knew I had it in the book. But then out of the corner of my eye, I noticed his driver, a very confused, dullard-looking man. He took his seat beside Django, and I knew the fix was in. I looked to my right, and Harris had already begun cleaning himself up after vomiting after losing quite a large amount of money on the last hand. Double Down Dan was doing his regular double downs, not, major, not doing much in the action. And Count Chipula had left to feast on blood, what I could only assume was blood, but he left and did not say a word. So it was at that moment it was me, Double Down Dan, and Jingo the Django, and his, and his dullard uh, driver, I presume. I reached down, and I... I, let, I grabbed hold of my Colt 45 just in case something went down. The dealer drew, and there was three aces on the river. A wild thing to happen in any room, let alone a backroom gambling casino. The fix was likely in at that point, I presumed, but I let, the, I let the next card fall. Another ace. Four aces on the draw. That's a, that's, that never happens on a back alley game. So I decided to take the Colt 45 out of my pants and put it on top of my pants. I knew if another card of such high stature landed, the fix was in. Luckily, it was a two. So I put the gun back into my pants, and I let the Dullard and Django continue on with their tricks. 
but I knew something was afoot. Johnny. I had had a hard day, all right? I've been working at my day job where I uh, do oil changes, and I, like you know, we went long, made me clothes, and there's just oil all over the place, and you know I didn't get a chance to change out of my work clothes before I came to my you know second job here at the poker room, and so you know I have my name tag on, and people are all dressing me as Johnny, which is which is fine. Uh, but, you know, it was just, I felt a little unprofessional. I felt a little out of my own. So when I was, you know, patting people down, I wasn't really on my game. I was kind of letting things slip. I wasn't really getting up until I, you know, met resistance on that inside, on that inner seam. I was just kind of, you know, because I didn't want to get grease all over these people's nice clothes. So, you know, I was really, really tentative with all that, those pat downs. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm doing my normal job. I'm just standing outside. Then one of the drivers comes in and asks to bring a birthday card into his boss. Um, you know, normally we don't allow that in the secret backroom poker games, but this guy just seems so desperate to appease his boss. You could just see it in his eyes. He was just so, he just would do anything for this guy. I was like, all right, man, just going in there real quick. He goes in. You know, I I usually I really ever get to see inside of it thing, so it was great to see, um, just peek inside to see the the man vomiting in the corner, Harris. That was uh, always always a fun thing to see. And then, um, he but then the 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 driver just sits down, starts blinking erratically, while just staring directly at his boss. He didn't even hand him a birthday card. I'm feeling lied to. I walk in. Uh, right then, a huge hand flop comes out. Although everyone, everyone inside the, they all call it the river because they like. That's just how underground tournaments work, where the river is the three as opposed to the last card. And three aces come out, which is amazing. And then the the turn comes out, and also an ace. Now that's super rare. So, and I've you know I didn't pat these people down very much. I I could see them sneaking in a, a fixed deck. But then a two comes out. So I was like, all right, we're safe. Uh, while I was walking towards Django the Django, I, I, I saw his cards. Uh, I peeked a little bit, and he had two aces in his hand, um, which is six, which is too many. That's not how a normal deck works. There's only four of every card. And at this point, I mean, my my – Boss isn't in, so it's I'm running this effectively underground tournament, and I'll be damned if I'm having cheating happen there. So I, I tap the dealer on the shoulder, okay, and say, "All right, get out of here. Things is shit's about to go down." Um, Mr. Dumont has his hand just right down his pants, just fondling his genitals. So I assume he's got a good hand in his hand as well. Uh, the driver's blinking furiously at his boss. And, you know, it's Mr. Dumont's turn to show his cards. He flips out two aces. Jingo the Jangle flips his card. He has two aces. There are now eight aces on the board. <laughs> Harris has stopped vomiting. 
has come over back over to the table, sees what's happening, and immediately ran back to the corner and started vomiting again. Uh, and double down, Dan, who's not even in this hand, just yells, double down! <laughs> so I, you know, I put my hands, I, I grab my, my nunchucks just to keep them at the ready because things, it started to get real hairy after that. <laughs> Isaac Dumont. After realizing that there were eight aces on the board and we had a cheater in our midst, I went back into my pants in an attempt to pull my gun out as I had done three times prior in the past two minutes, I accidentally fired off a shot that went through my carotid artery on my thigh, ricocheted off the table leg, and smacked double down Dan right in the face. So at that moment, we have a dead Dan and me bleeding out profusely. We still haven't gotten to how and why me and uh, Django the Django cheated. I don't think that will ever be solved. All I know is after I fired that accidental shot, more shots started coming. It sounded like the shots were coming from outside of the of the casino as it was, it was probably a police raid and they were seeming to try to just kill us as opposed to arrest us. We were some pretty high level gamblers so I'm assuming we were all pretty high up on the FBI's most wanted list. But uh, I didn't have much time to think about that as I was bleeding out of my carotid artery. I had, as the kids would say, cheddar bobbed myself and shot myself in the thigh. But I still won the hand, goddammit. I still won the hand. Johnny. The gun went off. Double Dan keels over. He's sitting directly across from me. I thought I had shot him with my nunchucks somehow. It was then I see a fountain of blood just splurting out of uh, Mr. Dumont's crotch area. Oh, my God, was there blood? A flashbang goes off inside of the room. It landed right in double down Dan's head hole from the bullet wound and just blew his brains just more places. I mean, they probably should have called him Double Dead Dan after that. <laughs> bad time, bad timing. I'm blinded. I'm swinging my nunchucks everywhere. I'm, I'm, hitting, I'm hitting things. Some of it myself. Some of it other people or things. Uh, my eyes clear and I, I see that the room is filled with cops. Uh, they all say DEA on them. Um... One of them is, has me by the shoulders. Is Where is the meth? Where is the meth lab? In L- Lucille's hair salon. And, and I was like, no, 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 this is Lucy's nail salon. He goes, what? <laughs> I said, you're in the wrong place. And they apologized, and they, and they, and they left, and they left. But in all the commotion, they had forgotten one of the drug dogs. And yeah, I, I'll admit, I had a little bit of cocaine on me. What, guy, what bouncer who runs an underground poker room doesn't? Well, that dog smelled it on me. And he, he attacked me, and I was swinging those nunchucks to defend myself. But, you know, I'm a third-degree nunchaku, but sometimes under pressure, you make mistakes. 
and I swung that nunchuck, and I hit myself right in the temple. <laughs> and these being the steel nunchucks, as, as a professional uses, I cracked my, I, I died immediately. Mario! When the eight aces hit the board, the room erupted. Mr. Dumont shot double down Dan dead and died in the process. The DEA stormed in, only to be informed that they were at the wrong local business that was being used as a front. They apologized and left, but left a dog that was able to kill the bouncer. Well, I don't know if it was the dog or the nunchucks. It was just so confusing. It was a dog everywhere and nunchucks everywhere. It was a sight to see. They were both moving so fast I couldn't keep up. When Johnny went down, Harris Harris seemed to just have a, a, a panic attack, and he was freaking out. And Django, Mr. Django says, We gotta get out of here, Mario. Get to the car and get it running. So we get out. Get in the car. Get the car running. And we, I get the car started. And we get to moving. Mr. Django's pretty pleased. Because even though he didn't win any money, he was able to take what was left in the room and get out of there. Also, he got out of there alive, which I think is kind of the rush he was going for. And I felt good. He said, you did a good job today, Mario. I can't wait to work with you forever. And I was like, yes. Thank you, Mr. Django. Happy I was able to prove myself right then. We were rear-ended by a Ford F-150 and Mr. Django, not wearing his seatbelt, flew across the limo into a champagne flute which pierced, pierced his face like a, like a pressurized gun that they used to kill cattle. He died because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Little did I know that I should have taken a lesson from looking after those kids and made sure that, that Mr. Django was in his seat. Looking at Mr. Django's dead body, I, I knew I had to do something. So I called, I called, I called Polly, his second in command. I said, Mr. Django died in a car accident. And he said, oh fuck, sorry to do this to you, kid. Beep! Right then, another listening device that was communicated with the car bomb in the limo went off! And both me and Mr. Django's corpses were incinerated. 